Hey, you want that to go? Our first news takeout uh, refers to expatriate communities here in the United States, all over the U.S. There are communities in cities, uh, New York is one of them, uh, where Haitian Americans have particular interest in what's going on in their country. Miami is another one of those country uh, uh, communities. Uh, Joshua Johnson is a reporter and host for WLRN in Miami. Uh, they're a partnership with the Miami Herald News, and one voice from the Miami Herald is uh, uh, heard this morning on WLRN, a special called Disaster in Haiti. Here's a clip. I don't want to give the impression that every building in Port-au-Prince has collapsed. That's certainly not the case. You have a very busy, vibrant city with everybody running around. And then let's say you have a block where there's 30 buildings. Three of them may have collapsed. And uh, maybe there were 30 people in those, in those three buildings. It's reporter Francis Robles joining us now. Joshua Johnson, anchor and reporter for WLRN Miami Herald News, soon to be part of the Takeaway family. Joshua, good morning. Yes, indeed. We start airing The Takeaway on February 1st, and we are very excited. Well, that's great. That's not why we asked you to come on the program. What is the special no, relationship, not. though, between the, the your station and the Haitian-American community there in Miami and your efforts to show uh, what's going on in uh, uh, Haiti right now? Well, what we're going to try and do today is at 11 a.m. we'll have an hour-long call-in program. This is totally the biggest story for us right now. It seems to be dominating the news nationally, but because it happened just a few hours away from us by plane, it's, it's on everyone's minds. Everyone wants to know how they can help. It is starting to eclipse certain other aid drives. There's a local uh, commuter rail system that was doing a food drive for local food pantries, and yesterday they generated 2,000 pounds of food because people are in giving mode. So South Florida is really ready to help out, and we're going to try and steer some of the donations today. You know, and Joshua, we should remind people, it's not simply heartstrings that connect the community in Miami to the people in Haiti, just like here in New York City. Um, There are remittances that go back and forth. Family members have all kinds of communications and links. These are in many ways lifelines, uh, these communities in the United States uh, connecting to Haiti. Literal I mean, millions and millions of dollars go out of Miami to all of Latin America all year long, and without communication or, quite frankly, a safe place to store money, we're not really sure what the state of remittances is going to be. I'm going to try and flesh that out a little bit today, but, you know, there are people here who support Haiti in very literal ways and very tangible ways, and so there are real-life concerns just beyond people's heartstrings and worrying about their families. Well, we were talking with some expatriates this morning on The Takeaway, and they were saying the remittances are shut down in, in their uh, community and their attempts to, to send money to, to uh, Haiti. How does the relief effort supplement uh, you know, what's now down? Well, the good news is that South Florida is very tangible in the relief effort. We may not be able to send money, but we are sending a lot of people. Uh, The University of Miami has an operation there through their Miller School of Medicine. They've already started going back and forth. There are relief trips that went from Fort Pierce, which is about two hours north of Miami. They're going back and forth. Miami-Dade Fire Rescue's Urban Search and Rescue Team is one of the best in the nation. They worked 9-11. They worked the storms in 2004-2005, earthquakes, so they're very experienced in this. 80 people flew out last night from Miami International to go to Haiti. So we may not be able to get money there, but we are literally going. We're sending tons and tons of people back and forth to South Florida. So we are still helping in a very tangible way. Well, the institutions in Miami mobilized to help the people of Haiti. And one of those institutions, of course, is the WLRN Miami Herald News. Joshua Johnson is a reporter and host of a special airing this morning in Miami called Disaster in Haiti. Joshua Johnson, thanks so much. 
In Thanks another so. takeout on business, the leaders of four big Wall Street banks were called to Capitol Hill to testify before the Financial Crisis Inquiry Commission. After hours of questioning, they seem to take very little responsibility for the human error that contributed to the crisis. Looking back on this now, would you look back on some of the financings as negligent or improper? In the context of the world that we were in, um, I think those were very typical behaviors. That's Lloyd Blankfein, the head of Goldman Sachs, saying those were typical behaviors that led to the crisis. Louise Story, finance reporter for our partner in the New York Times. Why does that make me uneasy? Morning, Celeste. <laughs> well, if you listened carefully, he did not answer the question. No. The question was, were those negligent behaviors? And he did not say if they were negligent or not. He said they were typical And that is what you're hearing among the survivors of this crisis. The leaders of these banks, the ones that did not fail, the ones that are still here, are saying, look, this was what the world was like. This is what we were doing. This is what everyone was doing. And we did it less because we survived. The ones who really did it badly failed. And that's how they answer the question. So it's the the old, I was speeding officer because everybody else was going the same rate of speed. That is the tone. That is the tone. Now, there's going to be a lot more hearings from this commission. Their goal is to get to the bottom of the financial crisis. They have a year to do it. Um, The head of the commission put it yesterday. He said that we are a proxy for the American people, their eyes, their ears, and possibly also their voice. So they're taking this seriously to dig in and figure out what went wrong. So had had the answers from the bankers changed or maybe the questions from the lawmakers? What I feel is different. You know, a year ago, there was a hearing in Washington with the eight leaders of the biggest banks that took the bailout. And I covered that. And that hearing was all about asking them for advice. How do we end this crisis? How do we keep you alive? How do we stabilize the markets? And there was a real shift in tone. Now that the markets are stabilized, you are seeing a lot more tarn feathering and a lot more hard questions, in part, I think, because leaders in Washington think they can question people now because they've stabilized the system, and also in part because, as a public, we've all learned more in the past year about what really happened, and I think we'll learn even more over the next year. I know that we're planning to continue deep reporting on what causes. Louise Story is a finance reporter for our partners in the New York Times. Coming up, we're going to take an in-depth look at the federal terror response under President Obama's first year with journalist Peter Baker. And all day we're asking you, what is the responsibility of the world's richest nation in response to the earthquake that rocked Haiti? Should America be shouldering the financial burden for the relief effort? Or should we leave that in the hands of international relief organizations? What is your take? Are we at least responsible uh, for what's gone on in Haiti? Tell us at 8778-MY-TAKE or send us an email to mytake at thetakeaway.org. You can also post a comment at thetakeaway.org.